Welcome to a special Thanksgiving edition of At The Horn, the podcast devoted to the University of Pikeville women's basketball program. I'm your host, Willard Nitt, and on this episode, UPike head coach Cliff Williams and I look back at the Bears' recent road trip to Tennessee, where they went 1-1, one one, losing to Freed Hardeman in overtime before defeating Bethel. We take a look at upcoming home games against Shawnee State and an out-of-conference tilt with Midway. We continue our off-the-radar segment by learning about the Reading with the Bears program. And as always, we update the buckets for Backpacks Challenge, all on this episode of At the Horn. Welcome back to At the Horn, joined now by University of Pikeville head coach Clifton Williams. Coach, welcome back from the longest road trip you have this year. It's now done and out of the way. You split two games, Freed Hardeman, uh, 67-63 loss in overtime, and a victory over Bethel, 63-55 at their place. So first of all, impressions of the overall trip itself. I felt like, you know, in reflecting back on the Freed Freed game, that's really, it could be a big wake-up call for us. If we talk about last year for just a second, and and we we start the conference zero and five, um, we could have easily allowed the the outcome at free to impact what happened on Saturday, um, or playing on Saturday in a quick turnaround, but we didn't. So um, I, I was proud of the response that we had uh, on Saturday. Um, I felt like we let one get away on Thursday, but you know. We, we played a, a team that was hungry and they had, you know, players who weren't necessarily familiar with the rigors of the Mid-South. They just wanted to compete and win. It, they, they did a really, really good job and hit some timely shots and uh, came away with a win. So hats off to them. Um, and, and our response against, you know, a team that's sitting just outside the top 25, you know, people look at it on paper. Bethel beats us by 15-20 if they just look at it on paper. And so our response and, and how we held them, you know, 55 points defensively uh, in their own place, uh, I felt was was impressive. That was the most impressive to me. You just used a phrase, if, if you look at it on paper. And if you had said to me before the weekend started on Thursday as you're making your way to the gym, uh, Pike's going to go one and one on this trip. My assumption would have been you would win it free. You would lose at Bethel. But as they say, they don't play these games on paper. 100%. And, you know, it's, uh, shoot, I went in thinking, I, I expected to come home 2-0, and oh, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, and that's how I always approach it. But uh, it, the, the game's not played on paper. you got to go out and compete for 40. Um, we have to prepare as coaches to go out and compete for 40. So, um Fortunately, we were able to split and, and bring ourselves back home and get ready for tomorrow night. Let's unpack each of these two games on their own. Uh, got off to a good start at Freed. Uh, 17-9 first quarter uh, lead. But still have a lead at, at halftime, 27-21. But they, they go on a run at the end of regulation, a, an 11 to four run over the last six minutes plus and change to force overtime. They were led in scoring by Rachel Satterley. We mentioned her in the podcast last week, the young lady from Lawrenceburg, Kentucky had 26 points on the game, but 19 of those came in the second half and overtime, including some really big buckets down the stretch. Uh, 
Tell me, how did that one, and you just used the term, get away. How did that game get away from you? I'll, I'll give Free some credit here. Um, they they mixed up defensive defenses on us consistently throughout the, throughout the game. And that kept us off balance offensively. We weren't in rhythm offensively uh, the whole night. And so their ability to keep us off balance and then, you know, they stayed on the attack. And, you know, you mentioned Satterley. She had some timely shots. At one point, she hit three threes in a row um, while we struggled to score the basketball. So kudos to them and, and, and what they did defensively in their defensive game plan, keeping us keeping us on our heels most of the night. If you're listening to the podcast, you just heard a ding in the background, and that ding literally was a text message from the Mid-South Conference that Satterley was just named Player of the Week for her performances against Shawnee State and U-Pike. Uh, so, you know, you, you, you ran into a buzzsaw in that moment. We're, we're, we're good for, for setting up Mid-South Conference players of the week. I feel. <laughs> um, either way, life. either way. We'll, get, we'll take one or we'll – either going to be us or who we're playing. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, uh, in, in the game, I, this did jump off the, the stat sheet at me because it's, it's very unlike the team this year. 13 turnovers, 10 assists. That's not acceptable when you consider that they didn't press us at all. Right? Right. And then the Pac-Man, we just, you know, it was um, just not taking care of the basketball. Like, it's careless. Uh, and, and it's something we harp on on every day. But, you know, it's – it's uh, we needed to do a better job, and and so now we play a team on Saturday that's pressing us, and that's that's pressuring us in the half court, and we only turn it over eight times. Eight times, yeah. It's focus and and attention to detail and and understanding. There's a certain standard of play that that we want to play to, and not up or down to who we think we're playing against. Gotcha. The- makes, like it's perceived. It's the perception that we have maybe about uh, a given opponent versus, you know, just looking in the mirror and keeping the focus on us and, and our standard. And in this conference, anybody is capable of winning any game, right? I had, uh, I had this conversation in a meeting with, with one of our players this morning. I was sitting down talking to Haley and we were talking about this very subject. And, and on any given night, um, doesn't matter where, anybody sits in the conference standings or, or what their record is, you can get humbled pretty quickly in this league. The other, the other stat that jumps out at me uh, in this game from the free game, two out of 15 from the three point line, you had made it a point of emphasis in the, in the off season and in the preseason, this was an area that you really wanted to see improvement in and you have, but not in this game. No, no, and, and it's all about consistency. Um, you know, when shot selection is one thing, but all five players have to be in rhythm, um, you know, in order to knock down shots consistently, and, and especially at the three-point line. So, um, like I said, you know, as I referenced earlier, they, they switched defense on us, kept us on our heels, um, and, and kept out of a rhythm. So we struggled shooting the basketball. Bears were led in scoring by Mary Englert with 20 points. Couple that with 11 rebounds. I don't ever remember her having a 11 rebound performance before in the past. But Mary was in uh, saddled with foul trouble, set out the entire second quarter after picking up two uh, fouls in the first quarter. 
and ended up fouling out in overtime. Uh, also in double figures, Bailey Frazier, 15 points to assist. And Morgan with 12 points, five rebounds, and an assist as well. Uh, notice that this was not a game that, that she had, and, and it wasn't a road trip, actually, where she put up the numbers rebounding-wise that you're accustomed to seeing out of Morgan. Um, no, and, the, you know, we, we'll watch film and, and we'll address it. Uh, but certainly not, you know, we're used to, we're accustomed to seeing double-digit rebounds. And we're accustomed to winning the rebound battle across the board. You know, like, you know, we're, we, I think we averaged being plus eight on the boards as a team last year. I know that's our game goal, um, but more times than not, you know, we had double digit rebound leads uh, over our opponent and, and we haven't seen that so far this year. So it, it's not just looking at Morgan, it's looking at us being able to rebound the basketball across the board, uh, especially on the offensive boards. We got to do a better job. So Freed escapes with the 67-63 win. It's not a game that, as you, as you said, it's not a game that you couldn't have won. You had a 10-point lead in the third quarter, uh, but, but they do come away with the win. So as you said at this point, it's one thing to lose a game. It's another thing to let the first loss become a second loss on Saturday, particularly on a road trip, the longest road trip of the year. So now you're playing a team that honestly is more highly regarded than Freed was, and that's Bethel and you play them at their place, and again, you get off to a really good start, 23-17 coming out of the gates. Bailey Frazier got us going with three threes um, early in this game. Uh, we were we were aggressive. We got into the paint. Um, we made good decisions, uh, and, and and I felt like we still, and when, when I went back and reviewed the film, there was there were opportunities that we we had to even – increased the score outside uh, of 23 is a pretty good quarter right oh yeah i mean i felt like when going back and look at the film we could have gotten a 30 against a pretty good defensive team so yeah we certainly did get off to a good start when you shoot eight out of 12 from the field 66.7 percent and four out of six from the three-point line again 66.7 percent and three out of three from the free throw line kind of hard to improve a whole lot upon that and only two turnovers so again Really good start to begin this ball game. Well, coming off Thursday's game where Freed played us quite a bit of zone, I expected Bethel to start out that way, and they sure did. They came out in the zone, and before the end of the first quarter, they came out of it. So, yeah, it was pretty effective uh, shooting performance and causing them to adjust their game plan pretty quickly. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Coach's scout, obviously. And and the free game in some ways is a statistical anomaly, and and so you you scout toward a tendency, you you see this statistical anomaly, and you think, okay, this is what's going to work. And if you're Bethel, you're like, wait a minute, this isn't the team that showed up Thursday night. So here's the tidbit, right? So where where I take responsibility for Thursday's game is I did not have our kids prepared to play against the zone. Even though we have veteran players who've played against plenty of zone, this particular group and these these particular uh, rotations, right, player rotations, aren't used to playing together against the zone. So what we did on Friday was, in our practice and in our film session, get back to basics on what our rotation needs to be around the ball, what spaces we needed to occupy against the zone. And what you saw 
in the first quarter on Saturday was us doing our thing and what we're capable of uh, against the zone defense and um, pretty much picked it apart. So, you know, Thursday was on me in terms of that preparation and, and I owned it with our players in, in our meetings. And, and so we, we got back to it. Uh, we reviewed it again yesterday because I expect to see zone on Tuesday as well. Um, so that performance in that first quarter really was our kids locking in on film, locking in on practice and getting back to who we are as a zone offensive team. Take that 23-17 first quarter lead, expand it. 35-26, you always talk about build on what you've already done, and you did that in this case, 35-26. Really good first half for Bailey Frazier, as you mentioned. Uh, also a good first half by Sierra. Uh, came away with nine points in that first half uh, to help. And then Morgan Morgan chipped in four in that second quarter. So, so now you go into halftime, and of course, as always, this is a good team. You're playing on the road. You know you're going to get punched in the mouth in the third quarter, and they did that. You know, we'll go back to the halftime here really quick. We have a system when we go into halftime, and players, our players meet before we get in there. And they come up with three things we need to focus on going into the second half. Um, and Coach Wheeler and myself will chime in. The one thing we have been inconsistent about is what we do coming out of halftime. So the one adjustment that we've made from this game is what exactly we're going to do on the court when we come out of halftime to ensure that our heart rate gets back up where it needs to be um, to start the third quarter. Because I felt like regardless of what we talked about, we came out physically flat um, and our focus wasn't as, as determined as it was in those first 20 minutes. So um we did get punched in the mouth. It was a combination of us being flat and them stepping on the gas. And and but the one thing that we were able to do defensively um, was rebound the ball well enough and and take away uh, some of the second chance opportunities that they could have had to extend the lead that they got in the third quarter. Morgan hit one out of two free throws to push your lead to ten. And then as you talked about, they stepped on the gas. I like to say to to people sometimes the other team gives scholarships too, you know. You look at their roster. Um, it's a talented basketball team. Right. Um, They're getting twenty five top twenty five votes for a reason. Sure, and and you know, and quite a few of them. So, um, you know, they they've got Division one transfers on their roster. They shoot, you know, they've got a trio of players who who um, score the majority of their points now. Like they're three headed. They're like an NBA team. You know, they're, they're built around three really strong players. And um, what we were able to do was keep those guys in check. So um, that kept the game close in the third quarter until we started figuring out our way offensively again. Score goes back and forth uh, throughout the latter part of the third. They hold on to the lead there in the fourth. Uh, and you take their, their last lead, at Bethel's last lead, came with – 4.37 to play. Madison Hart, who was the conference player of the week the week before, hit a layup uh, to put them up 50-49. to 49. You go on a 14-5 to 5 run to close out the game over the last four and a half minutes. You turn a one-point deficit into an eight-point win. I'm assuming no panic. You've got plenty of time. You've been here before. 
And so you turn that around. Uh, what was key to that run over the last four and a half minutes of the game? First of all, it was, it was getting the ball in the paint. We were able to score twice in the paint off off of a low post actions that that uh, we had run early in the first quarter. I believe Morgan scored both times. Well, Mary scored once and Morgan scored uh, the second time. Then we got it to a 56-50 game off of that. We ran the same action twice. So it's 56-50. We're in a two-possession game. I think it's just under two minutes. We get the next, we get another stop, we get a possession. Um, we go to our one four high, that continuous pick and roll action that we run. Um, we get the ball to Sierra with 10 seconds. She attacks and she gets to the rim and pushes it to a three possession game. We go up 58 50. The damage is done, right? So from that four minute mark, it was about executing because we had a timeout at the media. It was execution, attack the paint play with confidence, let's go win this game. And and that was the message, and they sure did. They really did. Really solid fourth quarter, 20 points, as you noted, outscored of Bethel 20 to 11 in that uh, second or fourth quarter uh, to come away with the victory. Eight-hour bus rides are a whole lot better with a, with a W, right? That was the last thing I said before I walked out of the locker room. It's going to be <laughs> a bus ride home. Absolutely. You guys, you guys made made for a nice bus ride home so uh yeah yeah really good really good end to the weekend and then um quick turnaround so here we go and then when we come back we'll take a look at two games coming up in the next few days for the bears thanks for joining us on at the horn we'll be right back Welcome back to At The Horn, joined again by Clifton Williams, head coach, University of Pikeville Bears. One-on-one road trip, longest road trip of the season. Now done and out of the way, but you're home for a couple of games this week. That starts on Tuesday with Shawnee State. Now, Tuesday games, particularly Tuesday conference games, are a little unusual, but this is what you call, if you're in the league, your travel partner. Explain that for folks who don't necessarily know what that means. Uh, The way the schedule was established with... uh... 12 teams in the league, every team has a travel partner. So for, for use last weekend as an example, when we were at Freed Hardman on Thursday, Shawnee State was at Bethel. So we just flipped schools on Saturday. We were at Bethel, Shawnee was at Freed, and, and that's kind of how it goes. So um, Shawnee is our travel partner. So whenever we're traveling, they're at the opposite school um, that we're playing you know, on that Saturday, if that happens to be a Thursday game. And travel partners are, are almost always in close proximity, correct? That's that's the whole idea, yeah. So, um, you know, with Shawnee being just over, what, two hours from us, that's our, you know, our closest one, I believe we've got uh, Lindsey Wilson and Campbellsville are travel partners, Cumberland's Kentucky and Georgetown oh, okay. travel partners, Cumberland, Tennessee, and... Uh, UT Southern and travel partners. So with your travel partner being somewhat close to you, this is the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. You would normally play a Thursday, Saturday schedule. In this case, obviously that's not going to happen on Thanksgiving day. So the Tuesday before Thanksgiving comes up, becomes a really good time for travel partners to play each other. Yep. 
Shawnee State comes into this contest three wins, four losses. They lo- uh, lost both of those games on their schedule last weekend, the travel game to Freed, Hardeman, and Bethel. They are led in scoring by a familiar face. If you've been around this league the last couple of years, Cam Elzey averages 16.7 points a game, but they've got a couple of other players in double figures as well. Uh, Marnami Holland, 15.7, and Tanisha Murphy, 11.7 points per game. So they bring a three-headed scoring attack into this game as well. What do you know about Shawnee State, Coach? They're going to press a lot. They've got three different flavors of full-court press. They're going to trap us as much as they can, especially on the sidelines. Uh, they mix up uh, zone coverage and man in the half court and try to create as much chaos as possible and turn us over. Offensively, they're going to really try to push the ball in transition. Uh, they're 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 at their best offensively um, when they're pushing the ball and getting out and running. Uh, so those are the areas of focus for them to be at their best. And the Shawnee State game and your second game on Saturday against Midway. Midway comes into the contest with a current two and four record. They have run into a couple of teams with which you're familiar. They lost a game at Lindsey Wilson, uh, and they also lost to Cumberland, Tennessee in triple overtime. They've got a couple of players that, that score in double figures, Desiree uh, White, 17.2, and Samaji Adams, 13.5. What do you know about Midway? It's going to be a very similar game. They're going to press the whole game, try to create as much chaos as possible. Um, we played at their place last year. Uh, no matter if we're breaking the press well in the first quarter, second quarter, they're not going to take it off. It's going to be nine, 40 minutes, 94 feet. Um, they're going to continue to bring pressure and, and try to turn us over. So in both of these games for us, we've got to take care of the basketball, keep it in the middle of the floor, and attack the pressure and make them pay. Thus far this season, you have been successful against teams that have tried to press. Olivet Nazarene and Lindsey Wilson come to mind. Surely these two teams have seen that on tape, but there's a there's a line where you're committed to this is who we are and this is what we're going to do, right? It won't change their approach at all, and and so we know that, and so our preparation makes our preparation a lot easier. Um, and you know, Shawnee may be the only team that may may pull the press off if we're scoring constantly, but other than that, no. Midway will keep it on the whole way. So it sounds to me like you've just indicated one critical point, and that's turnovers. What What's another key that is going to be indicative of whether you come out of this one or one, two or two or over oh two? Well, we got to rebound the basketball, right? Uh, the focus needs to be on our ability to limit them to one shot, one contested shot, and rebound that first miss. So it's about winning the chances battle. We want to have more ch- chances of scoring ball than the other team, and and you know, we finish possessions on the defensive end with rebounds. And offensively, we're trying to create as many chances as possible. If we happen to miss the first one, let's get another look at it. So crashing the offensive glass um, on on top of ball control, taking care of the basketball. Both of these teams being pressing teams, and given what we have seen in terms of tightly called games, points of emphasis games this year, one might expect free throws free throw shooting could become a part of both of these contests as well. Uh, It it could play a factor. I mean, obviously, you know, we want to defend without fouling um, and we're trying to get to the line as much as possible. So these would be the first two games of the year that we're playing in the arena. 
Um, we almost treat this like a road game because we haven't practiced in there. We're practicing there tonight um, and then playing there tomorrow. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting, a road, a road game at home. What's it like, particularly for the freshmen who've never played in the arena? And as you just noted, they've never even practiced like, in the arena. Right. It's it's like a road game. So they'll 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 get their first opportunity to to suit up and practice today and get some shots up in there. Um, get used to the depth perception because it's different than the gym, and uh, should be fun. They're looking forward to it. I know they're excited. On this next segment of At The Horn, we want to continue with what we have enjoyed this year, calling Off The Radar, some facet of the program, some individual within the program, who, if you're just going to the games and watching the games, you would not notice, but is vital to the overall success of this team, both on and off the court. Coach, let's talk about a program that you have been engaged in and this team has been engaged in when you go out to local schools. Say more about that. Uh, Reading with the Bears. Uh, Generally, it will go to Pikeville Elementary or or one of the other elementary schools here in town. And we'll go go there before drop-off. So we'll we'll start by greeting the students uh, as they come in and as parents are dropping off and as they're entering school. So it's kind of like a high-five line um, and, and, you know, brings a little bit of energy and, and to the kids and it's fun to see them smile as they're entering the school. But, but really what that's about is once they get settled in is that we'll take groups of our players uh, into different classrooms and we'll read stories. It'll be story time for them. So uh, we'll do it in multiple classrooms on a, on a given morning. Uh, it's, it's a great way for, our kids to connect to, to some of our players and for our players to give back, you know, to the local community. Um, you know, we talk about highlighting individuals or, or some aspect of the program, but this week we'll highlight the whole team because everyone participates, you know, in this, except for those that we may have some players who have an eight o'clock class and can't go on a given morning, but whether it's in the mornings at a given elementary school or in the afternoons doing a clinic, with uh, with a local high school, um, all of our players participate in, in giving back in community service work. So um, we got to tip our cap to to the entire team this week. And as I recall, there are at least one or two of your players who are potential teachers in the future. Is that correct? Well, uh, there's more than one or two. We've got more education majors than we've had in the past. So uh, Julia Parker, Katie Colopy. Um, Sierra Feltner, Mary Engler, just to name a few, are, are education majors right now. Um, and Mary and Sierra, uh, or Mary in particular, has been doing her student teaching this past semester. So, yep, we've got we've got future teachers on board. And before we go today, we want to update the buckets for backpacks endeavor. Coming into the the weekend, you had 131 buckets. You added 26 against Freed Hardeman and 20 against Bethel to take the season's total to 177. Coach, say more about buckets. 
it's not necessarily a certain time of year. Food insecurity impacts 24-7, 365. So um, we, we just do what we can, you know, as a program to to help support the food insecurity with, with the local kids in, in the elementary schools. And, and so anything that we can do to help, um, you know, my, my donation ha is impacted by the matching donations, right? So it's important that, you know, we, we have support, you know, throughout the community and across social media, you know, to help meet the, the needs of these young kids in order for them to be able to go to the classroom and be the best that they can be. So I encourage those who are listening to not only contribute, but to pass the word about the program so we can get as many matching donations as possible. And indeed, we, we certainly want to see that because quite honestly, in the world in which we're living right now, uh, this is going to be something that's going to be an ongoing challenge. 177 is the number yep. on the season. 20 for the Bethel game, 26 against Reed Hardeman. If you want to match those or any of the other contests that have been played this year, or you just want some more information, you can contact Pikeville United Methodist Church by calling area code 606-437-7315. Email the church at office.pumc, which is short for Pikeville United Methodist Church, office.pumc at gmail.com. If you want to donate by a check, Make that check payable to Pikeville United Methodist Church. Put buckets for backpacks in the memo. Mail it to P.O. Box 311, Pikeville, Kentucky, 41502. And for those who are electronically inclined, you can go to the church's website, pikevilleumc.org. Scroll down the page to the Give Now button. Use a drop-down screen and find Backpacks Food Option. Or if you use the Venmo app, Pikeville's handle is at P-U-M-C and two dash marks at P-U-M-C followed by two dash marks, no spaces. Hey, thank you for joining us today. Coach, happy Thanksgiving to you and the team. Same to you, Willard. Make sure you tell everybody to get out to the arena this week. Hey, thanks for joining us on this episode of At The Horn. We wish you and yours a wonderful and safe, joyous Thanksgiving holiday. And if you get the opportunity to make it out to the arena to see the Bears in competition this week, do so. As always, go Bears! Bears.